coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Hello, and thanks for stopping by the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast today. Today, I want to talk to you about seven key lessons that I learned while leading cross-functional teams through change. And you've heard me say this before, if you listen enough. I actually logged over 11,000 hours leading cross-functional teams through change. All kind of folks. So I want to share with you a lesson on seven key lessons and you've probably heard some of these lessons before, but I'm going to share it relative to actually leading teams through change. So first thing I want to talk about is how, how I learned to lead. I didn't learn to lead by reading, although I have read hundreds of leadership books, listened and watched thousands of hours of leadership audios and videos, and attended hundreds of hours of leadership seminars. All of that has greatly enhanced my ability to lead. But most importantly, all of this growth and development has provided me with a deep understanding of the language of leadership. When blended with endless stories of actually leading others, this leadership language allows me to teach leadership much more effectively and efficiently to others. However, I truly learned to lead by leading hundreds of cross-functional teams through over 11,000 hours of growth, development, process improvement, and change. So if you're familiar with lean manufacturing, I'm talking about leading hundreds of week-long Kaizen events with teams of 6 to 12 people. People that I most often didn't know and that often didn't know each other. Usually they didn't want to change. And ultimately... They didn't have to change. I learned a lot about leading without a position. As an outside catalyst or consultant, what most people would call me, but I call myself a catalyst. As an outside catalyst, I didn't have a position of authority or control. All I had was my ability to influence others. However, the team members didn't have to follow me. If you've ever... Uh, worked with an outside consultant, you probably already know you don't have to do anything they want you to do. And if you don't, they probably won't ever be back. It's about that simple. But but the team members didn't have to follow me. If they chose to follow, I got to return and lead another team. If they didn't want to follow, they didn't have to change. And they were ensured I wouldn't be returning to lead any more teams. But in the end, we always achieved amazing results together. And they, they were all amazing. And I just say lucky me. Had great people, had great teams. They, they made it happen. In spite of me, they made it happen. So during the process of leading these uh, teams of strangers, most of them blue-collar, I learned a lot about how and why people choose to work together and also 
why they choose not to work together. That may be even more important. I need to do another podcast on why they choose not to work together. Anyway, I want to share with you the seven key lessons I learned from these amazing teams. Okay, so seven key lessons for effective team leadership. Number one, it's not about me, but it starts with me. And remember, these seven key lessons are about effective team leadership, meaning these lessons are about the leader. Seven key lessons for the leader of a team of people. So number one is it's not about me. What I mean is that I don't show up thinking or saying I'm somebody special. I promise you I'm not. I know it and the team knows it. I show up thinking and saying I'm just another team member. I'm here to help. And I bring a unique set of knowledge and skills to the table just as each other team member does. We're we're all equal. We're here to leverage our strengths and ignore our weakness. It's not about me, but it is about my ability to influence others to accomplish the mission. So number one was it's not about me, but it starts with me. I got to be prepared to lead before I show up. Then when I show up, I have to lead if I want to be effective. So the second second lesson I got was who I am matters more than what I know. Effective team leadership is about character, not knowledge. I'll say that one again. Effective team leadership is about character, not knowledge. I may I may know something great, but I'm not leading the team to prove what I know. Remember lesson one? It's not about me, but it starts with me. I need to know something, but it ain't about me. I need to know something so I can lead. But I'm not leading the team to prove what I know. I'm leading the team to help uncover and discover what the team knows. My intention is is to build relationships quickly and foster relationship building quickly. What I know is this, teams teams that go along, or excuse me, teams that get along, go along. So I'm there. You know, I'm speaking about this somewhat in present tense, but mostly it's past tense. I still lead teams. I lead teams all over the country through cultural transformation without ever even being there through my books, through these podcasts. And sometimes I get to speak in person to to these folks. But again, this lesson is about when I'm, Leading or was leading process improvement, lean manufacturing, Kaizen events. So the third lesson, connection leads to contribution. What that means is the sooner I connect with the team on an emotional level, the quicker they become receptive to me and my message. A lot of a lot of consultants, a lot of leaders of teams, they, they try to be the man or the woman. And they skip connection, they go straight to communication. Communication is about information, but connection is about motivation, inspiration, and transformation. So if you want a highly effective team, you gotta make sure you connect. 
So I, I do this by authentically conveying to the team members that they matter. I got I to gotta be able to communicate that, not only communicate it, but to convey it. Meaning they have to ag agree with who I'm trying to be, that I truly care about them and that who they are and what they know matters. Till that happens, I don't have a connection as a leader of a team. They have to genuinely, they got to genuinely feel it. It's not about what I say. It's about who I am. And teams must buy into the team leader before they'll buy into the team leader's vision and mission. So I begin connecting and communicating. Got to communicate. Communicating is, is a must. I mean, you got to do it. Connecting is an option. Hopefully you know to do it and you actually do it. But I begin connecting and communicating as soon as I see the first team member. And I don't stop until I'm walking out the door for the very last time leading that team. Connecting, I do it on purpose. I do it relentlessly, intentionally. I'm shaking hands. I'm talking to people. Even most of the time now when we speak, people try to get us to eat while we're there. They want us to do breakfast. Sometimes they want us to do lunch. We tell them we don't eat before or during while we're speaking. One of the main reasons is because we're always connecting. We don't drink much water and we don't eat much food because we're probably not going to get a restroom break. And this is the reason is we're connecting. We get there early. We connect. We talk to people. Usually there's no time to go to the restroom. Then we get up and we speak. If there's any breaks, most of the time someone wants to talk with us during the break. We don't have to. We could be rude. We could walk off. But unless it's an emergency to go to the restroom, we don't go to the restroom. We connect. We connect through break. If there's a lunch, we don't eat. We, we connect. Then whenever we're done in the evening or the afternoon or the morning, whenever it is we're finishing, we don't just run out the door unless we have to to get on a plane. Most of the time, though, we have time because we plan time to connect. I remember one time we finished speaking, we talked literally for six hours, but we were not just talking, we were connecting with people. There was not a line, nonstop line for six hours. There were people talking to us, and by the time they would get through talking, someone else would show up to want to talk to us. By the time they get done talking, someone else would show up. It was a big, huge conference with 1,500, 1,700 people. And we just kept talking. Other people kept showing up, kept coming by. We kept talking. But we were not just talking. We were connecting. Got to connect with people. You want to lead people, you have to connect them with them, especially a team of people. I've had leaders tell me they don't even have time to say hello to the people on their team in the morning when they come into work. They don't even really see them as a team. They definitely don't see themselves as leaders. Don't see themselves as connectors. They only talk to the people if they have to. I'm going to tell you, if you only talk to people when you have to, you ain't connected. All right, let's talk about lesson four. In ensure everyone feels understood up front. That's the lesson I learned is I need to ensure everyone feels understood up front at the start. And this is when you're really leading a team, meaning 
like I was. We had a, a team of people, a group of people assembled. Most often it was for five days. Come in on Monday. We have an, a mission to accomplish by Friday. So what I want to do is ensure everyone feels understood up front because I learned a whole lot of people don't feel understood. And when they don't feel understood, they're not listening to anybody. They're waiting to be heard. So let's talk about ensure everyone feels understood up front. No matter the team's mission, I always want to connect first and formally teach leadership second, if at all possible. But if I'm leading a team and I'm the team leader, it's possible because I'm going to make it possible. Sometimes today, like when we show up to speak, it's not possible to, to interact with the people sometimes, just the way the event, the agendas work. There's there's no time for that. So, And we can tell there's a big difference when we don't get to connect with the people up front and we just start speaking immediately. But I'm not talking about lessons learned while speaking to a large audience at a conference or something like that. I'm talking about lessons learned while literally leading teams through process improvement. So always connect first, formally teach leadership second. Then we talk and we talk and we talk until all team members feel like they are understood by me and other team members. And I'm going to promise you, if somebody doesn't feel understood, it's not hard to get them to talk. It's hard to get them to be quiet while somebody else is talking. So if someone doesn't want to be or feels like they're not being understood, guess what they want? They want to be understood. So in order to do that, they need to talk. So that's what we do. We're going to talk until all the team members feel like they're understood by me again and also by the other team members. This is the key to getting everyone on the same page before you start re re reading the book together, you know, if I'm teaching leadership. Otherwise, each team member is focused on the, the page that means the most to them. And I'm using that as an example. Not literally are we reading a book together. But if we were reading a book together, we want everybody to be turning the pages at the same time. We want to be following along together at the same time. We don't want someone to be hung up on one thing on one page and they miss everything on the other page, so to speak. Otherwise, each member's focused on the page that means the most to them. But once everyone's feel understood, the team is ready to accomplish the mission. In that example I was just using, they're ready to read the book together. They're ready to learn about it together. But in reality, I was leading teams through production, productivity, improving productivity and manufacturing sales, or I was reducing changeover time changing over tooling, changing over machines to run one size part to another size part. You have to change a lot of tool tooling, a lot of steps in that uh, most often. So we were reducing the time it took to go from one part to another part. We were standardizing and organizing as 5S type stuff. We were doing total productive maintenance, which is really, really in intensive uh, preventive maintenance type programs on equipment to ensure that you don't have failures. You know, it's changing the light before it fails, not after it fails, so to speak, the light bulb. That's a simple, simple explanation, but that's the kind of stuff TPM is about. So when you're ensuring everyone feels understood up front, this is what you're doing. You're taking the time it takes, so it takes less time. That's a quote I learned from Pat Pirelli. He's a natural horsemanship trainer. I think he's from Australia. 
if you're into horses and you don't know Pat Pirelli, he is like a wizard at training horses. It's really like psychology. I got into that because when I met Rhea, she was into horses and I didn't know anything about horses. So I started started learning from Pat Pirelli. Rhea was interested in him. I remember I bought her a, uh, a, a video training kit back then and I went through it, learned a lot. It's, it's, it's interesting how there's principles to training and developing horses in, in a way that makes them want to follow you, just like leadership. It's leadership of horses. I mean, it's really, I enjoyed it. It was like off the charts. I took vacation. I remember I took a week vacation, took that training kit, and I, I didn't know nothing about horses. And I, I trained a, a green horse that had never had any training and development, and I did it in a week. But the second time I did it, I did the same thing. It took me a week to do the first time. I was able to do it with a different horse in like three or four hours because I understood it. The first time I'm having to train myself while I'm trying to train the horse. So the second time I was much more prepared and all I had to do really was train the horse. Anyway, you may not care about that, but it's interesting stuff. It relates same kind of principles related to training horses as developing people. That's what makes principles really cool. They apply in all situations, even in that one. Let's talk about the fifth lesson I learned by leading teams through over 11,000 hours of continuous improvement events. Fifth lesson, to quickly unleash the team's potential, keep it simple. I used to say when I first started out, I'll help you unleash your team's potential by taking the complex and making it simple. That used to be my tagline. I always said that. I still do it. I just don't talk about it anymore. That's why I try to make leadership simple to unleash your team's potential. But relative to the lesson, I always keep it simple for two reasons. The first one, pretty easy. I'm simple. I put it on the bottom shelf so everybody can have some. One reason, I can only reach the bottom shelf. I'm pretty simple. The second reason I keep it simple, everyone else can understand it much better and much quicker when I keep it simple. See, brilliant people, smart people, and not-so-smart people can always understand me when I keep it simple. I'm not leading the team to impress the team. I'm leading the team to unleash the team to unleash their potential, as I said earlier. My goal is to keep them moving together as one. And again, I put the cookies on the bottom shelf so everybody can have some and no one feels left out. I'm going to tell you, some of those brilliant people, some of those smart people, they got character issues, and, and one of them is pride and ego, and they want to impress people. So when, they try, when they're trying to impress people, guess who they're trying to impress? the other brilliant and smart people. So when they try to impress the brilliant and smart people, they leave out the ordinary, regular people like me. I can't stand hear somebody talking, and it's obvious they're trying to impress somebody with their vocabulary. Doesn't impress me. I don't even care about all those fancy words, what I call them. Just keep it simple. I'm a simple guy. Keep it simple. Because this is what I know. If you can make it complicated, you can keep it simple. So if you ain't keeping it simple, it's because you want it to be complicated for some people because you think you're impressing somebody. You're not impressing anybody. You're leaving people out. Leaders don't leave people out. All right. 
before I get wound up. Let's move on to number six. The sixth lesson. Lead with questions instead of directions. You've heard me talk about that before. I actually made that a chapter in my book, uh, Blue Collar Leadership and Supervision, Unleash Your Team's Potential. There's a chapter in there. I'm pretty sure that's the uh, title of it, Lead with Questions Instead of Directions, or either the subtitle. I can't remember, but there's, there's a chapter on that. That's what I can remember. So no matter what I know or think I know, my goal is not to give answers. My goal as a team leader is to ask questions. See, if you're trying to impress somebody, going back to lesson five, if you're trying to impress somebody, you want to give answers. You don't want to ask questions. But if you're a leader, you understand asking questions is how you lead. You don't worry about what you look like. You look like a leader if you know what you're doing. But insecure people with a lot of pride and ego they trying to impress somebody. They think that's how they look good because they actually don't know how to lead. So let's get back to this one. My goal is to ask questions, not to give answers. I'm not leading the team so I can tell them what to do. That's not team leading. That's team directing. I don't want to be a director. I want to be a leader. I'm not a director. I am a leader. I want them to think. So I ask questions. I want to know what they think. So I ask questions. You got that? I don't learn what they what they think when I give them answers to their question. I learn what I think. Or I have to think to give them an answer. But they don't have to think. I want it to be their idea. So I ask questions. I want them to feel valued. So I ask questions. I want them to feel like they are helping. So I ask questions. And remember, it's not about me. So I ask questions. Remember, the sixth lesson is lead with questions instead of directions. If you're leading a team and you don't feel comfortable asking a lot of questions, you got a lot of leadership work to do. I highly suggest you dive into Blue Collar Leadership and Supervision and also my book, 10 Values of High Impact Leaders. There's a, there's a, you got a lot to learn if you struggle with asking people questions. You've got a lot of character work to do if you want to become a high impact leader. Well, the seventh lesson. Give the team credit from start to finish. Remember, it's not about you, but it starts with you. So give the team credit from start to finish. I start all, all of my team events by saying whatever happens will be because all of you made it happen. You get all the credit. And you deserve all the credit. I tell, I tell them I'm here to help. You look good. That's what I want to do. They don't know all that on the first day. I haven't built trust with them. I'm still telling them. I'm casting the vision. I'm beginning with the end in mind, so to speak. But I tell them I'm here to help you look good. They don't know that till the end of the week. And they get all the credit. And they look really good. And, and I don't try to take any credit. I help them understand I don't need 
or value the credit by explaining I was selected to lead the team because someone already thought I could. That's why I'm there. That's why I was there as a consultant. Somebody hired me to lead the team. If I lead the team, all I've did is meet expectations. I ain't done nothing, especially when, when, when I'm not trying to get any credit. When I'm giving the credit to the team, I'm not in a position to exceed expectations. They are. The best I can do is meet expectations by leading them well. However, I explain that all team members are perfectly positioned to exceed expectations. And I hope they do because it'll increase their influence in every situation in the future. You see, if the team I'm leading, if if any of those people on the team choose to, to buy in, to get engaged at a high level, I know they're going to exceed expectations. And I know I'm going to give them credit for exceeding expectations. And I know their influence is going to increase in every situation in the future with the leaders of that organization. So what was the result of me learning those seven lessons and applying them over and over and over? We always made amazing things happen, me and my team. The team felt great, I felt great, and the leaders felt great. Way I see it, mission accomplished. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others now available on audio along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.